Today's episode of Ministry Monday is sponsored by the 2022 Winter Colloquium, taking place February 14th through 16th in Nashville, Tennessee. NPM presents Open Hearts and Minds, Intercultural Mystagogia for Pastoral Leaders, a three-day event focusing on looking through the lens of interculturalism. How can we best celebrate our differences to create unity and diversity through the experience of community of prayer? Learn more about the Winter Colloquium at npm.org. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 183 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy, produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello, we are so glad that you were tuning in with us today. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. This week is the last week in our Advent series of episodes. We know that you have endured at this point countless rehearsals, questions from your choir members about what time to show up for Midnight Mass, maybe a few run-ins with sick volunteers, and maybe you're fighting a cold yourself. This month, you've had concerts and prayer services, reconciliation services, and extra staff meetings. The list goes on. This week's episode is meant to give you a moment of reprieve before the big week ahead. Today, I speak to Laura Araujo, a classically trained vocalist and founder of the MAPS Institute, an organization dedicated to mindfulness and intention for all involved. Laura helps us ask, how can we stop and find moments of rest amidst the chaos that lies ahead this week? Allow me to give you a spoiler. Laura's advice takes just minutes of your day and can have a world of benefits. Today on Ministry Monday, I am speaking to Laura Araujo. Hi, Laura. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing really well. I am. I'm so, so grateful that you are sitting down and talking with us today about pastoral musicians and mental health, a topic that personally I think doesn't get talked about enough, but we'll get to that. Um, Before we get started, would you mind introducing yourself to the readers or to the listeners, I should say? Sure, sure. So I, um, I actually am a recovering opera singer. Um, I spent a significant of time, significant amount of time um, working as a music minister, um, both in Protestant and Catholic churches. Um, 
I spent some time working at a Catholic high school in Brooklyn, um, but I am now at this point, uh, the founder of the MAPS Institute. Um, MAPS stands for Mindfulness, Activation, Purpose, and Surrender. And it is in itself a sort of ministry, um, a little bit more scientific ministry, um, but it is still in itself um, a ministry and, and a, a way to serve people um, out of the pews um, and off of the yoga mats, if you will. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what the MAPS Institute does? Sure. So, so um, the MAPS Institute is a science and research-based educational platform where experts, um, doctors, psychologists, psychotherapists, nutritionists, um, scholars, researchers, all sorts of people write and talk about important things around our entire whole wellness, um, right? So our wellness goes far beyond the siloed ideas of, you know, exercising a certain number of times a week, eating a certain number of foods that are green or red or blue. Um, it, it really, it really involves also our relationships, our mental health, our spirituality, and how all of these pieces kind of fit together to create a whole vision of wellness so that we're not leading ourselves to burnout. Um, I know that I, um, when I was doing a whole bunch of serving sorts of things, um, I found myself in a place of burnout because I was just serving. I was checking the boxes. I was doing all of this good work. Um, but ultimately I was, I was not taking care of the entirety of my wellness. And I feel very strongly that all of us, but specifically musicians really need to be contemplating their, the entirety of their wellness. Why do you think that musicians in general are so prone to burnout? We want to please, right? We want to, we want to give people the best that we can. And we want to leave our impact or leave our imprint on our audience's hearts, whether that is, you know, on a stage or, you know, and up in, up in the rafters as you're playing piano and no one can see your face, we still, we aim to please, we want to please our, the congregation, the pastor, our students, whomever it may be. And so we will do anything to check that box to, because we have this really close relationship between ourselves and our instrument, um, is, is my humble opinion. Um, and I think, you know, that, that, that association that we are our instrument, um, and that, we want to be, you know, appreciated and approved of, um, is what leads to that desire, um, and sometimes, frankly, unhealthy desire to to please. Um, so it's also about, you know, having a real serious talk with self. Um, what is that relationship for me? Um, am I allowing for my, you know, egoic self, my um, my desire to be loved and appreciated and valued? Um, is that you know, <laughs> impeding on my boundaries um, and, and ultimately my wellness. One of the other things I want to touch on too, just to, to kind of double right back on that is one of the things I have found in ministry is that we take that platform, that framework you just set, and then we find that in ministry, there are constant things that come up that we struggle to say no to for the sake of ministry. Cause there is this serving element there, which is beautiful. Please listeners, please do not let me, you know, think that I'm saying when you minister, you shouldn't truly minister. But <laughs> Laura, I'll tell you, there's, there's a very good, simple example that 
anytime I ever took a day off when I was in full-time music ministry, that would guaranteed be the day that we get a funeral in that morning. And of course we can't plan for that, you know, so it took mental fortitude, which I'll be the first to admit I was not good at, um, for me to say, I can't play this. Can, can I get a substitute? Can I get someone to cover this for me? It's hard for us to say no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, you have this relationship too with your congregation and if you have a trusted substitute that you call in, you know, not everyone, they're not you, right? And so you, you can't please everybody. Um, and you're certainly going to have that, you know, that particular congregation member who's going to say, you know, complaining, whispering to the pastor, you know, <laughs> why wasn't doing something here today? Um, you know, you, you, you feel guilty, like, oh, well, my, my, congregation members are going to be disappointed in me for, you know, for not serving them this week. It's, it's so important because if we don't have those boundaries for ourselves to really be able to allow the, uh, allow the ministry to serve our own spiritual practice, then we cannot be serving other people, right? We're just, we are just checking the box. We're just, you know, building the plane on the way down. And I recognize that that is a lot of what the music ministry is, is we're building the plane on the way down. Um, but it's also as we're coming down, as we're descending and frantically trying to put those pieces together, it's also about allowing ourselves space to, to you know, have a self-care practice, um, to have tools that, you know, actually can serve our, our ministry and our own spiritual practice and wellness. And then also, um, you know, unpopular opinion maybe, but having a practice of equanimity um, and, you know, finding calm amidst the chaos and, you know, being, being able to separate yourself from, from your instrument and from the church. Um, super important, super challenging. I know it's much easier said than done, but, you know, it's also having those conversations with, with your elders, with your pastoral team um, and, you know, and allocating because if, if, if you go and find a different job tomorrow, or if you leave your position, um, you know, the ministry staff will find someone. There are many musicians out there. Right. And so it's, it's really about, you know, if we are really looking to serve, um, we have to serve ourselves first. Let's stay on this exact topic for a second and let's, let's kind of crystallize it. So right before we started recording, I was mentioning to you, Laura, that this particular year is one of those that pastoral musicians kind of dread because I hate to be so informal, but we roll right into the next Sunday, the day after Christmas. And so it kind of is like a three day marathon, if you will, or a three day sprint um, where we don't necessarily get to like let go and let down after Christmas until like Sunday afternoon, the 26th or even the 27th. So with that framework in mind, are there any practices for self-care or just kind of setting those boundaries that we can do within the realm of reason? Of course, at this point, we can't say, I'm only going to play one mass for Christmas, but what can we do this week to take care of ourselves before and after that big three-day framework? Sure. So, so personally, I feel very strongly about any kind of somatic practice, right? So something that we can feel in our bodies. Um, oftentimes, you know, when we, we think about finding calm, we may turn to prayer, we may turn to meditation. Um, and while I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, um, 
converging the the two having um having our faith practice be a part of our calming and soothing practice um i personally have found that first isolating um the somatic practice can be super important right so when we are constantly stressed out um our limbic system is you know going on overdrive our amygdala is like on super supercharged, um, you know, our body is not able to function properly, right? We are preparing to either fight or flight or freeze, and we are not able to a remain well, right? Because we're we are in this in the supercharged state. So anything and everything on a on a wellness level, if we have a little bug, you know, that's going to get exacerbated. Um, so so it's really super essential that we remain calm. Um, now that's easier said than done, right? Because if we are already upregulated, if we are already feeling like the demands that we have, you know, that we've gotten from our, from the pastor, from our spouses, from our children, whatever, whomever it might be, um, we, we feel, you know, this constant pressure Then it's really hard to say to someone, Hey, do this meditation practice and you'll feel so much better. Right because we're not going to downregulate simply from doing one thing, right? It's so as, as much, I will tell you a couple of things here that you can do, but I will, I will preface it with saying that it also demands a recognizing of, of what you are doing, right? On a day-to-day -day basis. Um, it demands a recognizing what is your why in ministry and in your life, right? And seeing that why, seeing what things we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, our habits, um, you know, what, what things we're doing regularly, and do they serve that why? And that, that to me is the preliminary thing. And, you know, as we come into the new year, I would highly encourage you as musicians um, and honestly, as, as your, your whole team um, to really look at your why um, and reassess, well, what am I actually doing? What's helping and what's hindering? Um, that to me is super important because then we're being real with ourselves. Um, from there, adopting these somatic practices like breath practices, like non-sleep deep rest, um, you know, a gentle movement practice, moving our bodies through through a walking meditation, um, tea meditation, you know, really allowing ourselves the opportunity to pause, right? When we pause, we allow for our entire body to really rest, um, not just rest in the, you know, take it easy, you know, slump on the couch, scroll through your phone. I mean, create pause, right? So pause makes us uncomfortable. It, it makes us uneasy. Um, and we feel guilty. We feel like we should be checking more boxes, doing more things. But if we allow ourselves that space of, of rest and discomfort, because it's not going to feel comfortable if you are sitting in silence for 15 minutes and you are accustomed to always having stimulation, right? But having that space allows for us to destimulate, allows for our, our nervous system, um, our HPA axis, everything to really regulate, which is so essential as musicians, but as humans, right? We really need to be taking care of our entire body. Um, and if we don't take care of the vessel that we are using to minister uh, to people, then you know we don't have anything to give.
It's so funny that you mentioned that because I have not said this to you yet, and we didn't talk about this before we recorded, but one of the things I've been trying to focus more on is to have a more regular time of meditation, aka more like silence and stillness. And I will admit to you and to the listeners that I really suck at just meditation and silence. And so I had to learn that I found like a guided meditation app that I relate to the most. I know there's dozens out there, but that's just what I had to find in order for me to start to regularly do it. And what I also did is I also set a calendar alert on my phone so that every day at like noon, I make myself stop, you know, or whatever, (laughs) whatever time works the best for me. It could be four o'clock or whatever, but like I have a regular recurring calendar for me, it's noon. But whatever, if you're listening, like whatever works for you in your schedule, um, normally the mornings are bad for us because we have funerals. But like if you find a lull in your day around four or five, set up a calendar alert on your phone and and do this. And it's something I've been working on. And every, every time I do it, it's like going to the dentist. Every time I do it, I feel so much better after I'm done. Like it's incredible. <laughs> That is, that is very funny about the, the association between the dentist and, and meditating. Um, <laughs> look, I, I get it. You know, I, uh, we actually have a, a, we have a free program actually on our website, um, introduction to meditation. And, you know, so I, I will, I will likewise admit, you know, I, I, as a fast paced, um, you know, constantly thinking, you know, constantly doing things kind of person, I found it really hard to meditate in the very beginning of things. Um, and you know, what I realized there's a couple of things, right? So number one, it has to be a habit and, you know, that can take from 66 days to around 300 days. So, you know, it's, it, it takes some time, but secondly, and I think the, the challenge that many people have when they, when they begin to find a meditation practice and they're like, Oh, this doesn't really feel right. Um, is that meditation is kind of like a pair of jeans, right? So we have to try on a couple of different kinds to find the right pair that fits for us. Um, and so whatever, whatever iteration it may be for you, um, maybe it is a walking meditation. Maybe it's a breath practice. Maybe it's something that is more tactile. Um, but it is, it's really silly to expect that we're going to put our legs in full Padmasana or Lotus, like you would imagine a monk in an orange gown, um, you know, <laughs> because a, you know, you could destroy your knees because you have tight hips, but secondly, there's <laughs> It's just, you know, if you're constantly thinking about your discomfort, then you're not going to be able to allow yourself that, that quiet. So certainly having, whether it's an app, um, or whether it is, you know, finding some other mechanism that is not necessarily, you know, led, um, I think it's, it's so essential. Um, and it's a part of our spiritual practice. It's about finding, well, what, what is actually going to serve me? right? Because just like you are serving your, your congregation and, you know, certain things work and certain things don't. And likewise, if we, if we are being negligent with ourselves and thinking that if I check this box of doing meditation, um, just like, you know, like the generic, you know, whatever meditation that, that they may think of, um, then they're, they are missing out on the opportunity to find a practice that's actually going to minister to them, right? I know that this is a little, you know, we don't necessarily want to say, oh, well, meditation doesn't minister to us, right? 
but it's also having that relationship with our mind. And that in itself, I would say is a sort of ministry. And, you know, maybe the mind ministers to us just as much as we minister to the mind, um, some days more than others, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's really about finding, um, finding the nuanced and unique version that works for, for your life. Let's give this as a practical example too. again, refocusing into kind of like, let's just say the Christmas three day marathon that's coming up. Um, Do you think it could benefit pastoral musicians for us to almost like take a time, I want to call it like a time of transition where we can maybe go in our office away from the chaos and literally just sit in a quiet room and give us that space to kind of decompress or just process what just happened before we go into the next liturgy. Like, do you think five to 10 minutes, something like that could be a good idea for Christmas? Absolutely. Um, Without a shadow of a doubt. And um, I know that, you know, when I, when I was working at this, this Protestant church, I did not have an office, right? I had, I had the space um, right up at the front with the piano and, you know, that was that. Um, And, and, you know, so I would make myself go to the bathroom and, Mm. you know, maybe it's silly. Maybe, you know, you might feel weird about it at first. Great. Lean in, Um, you know, maybe grab some headphones, grab even, you know, this is maybe silly, grab a, um, an eye mask. Okay. And then, you know, you just sit, you sit on the toilet or you stand in the bathroom stall, but you feel this, this, um, total desensitization, right? And the the reason that we feel so upregulated is because we are processing all of these all of these emotions, all of these you know sensory stimuli, all of these demands. And so to allow ourselves this opportunity, totally, I love I love that idea. Um, and and you know just just allowing ourselves the space to to not experience for a moment. Um, because we have, we have way, we have way too many stimulations in our, in our day-to-day lives, throw in the demands of Christmas and, you know, back to back to back to back, um, plus, uh, services, you know, it's, it's, it's not sustainable and, um, our practice, what, whatever it is, um, whether it's our spiritual practice, or our eating practice, or the way that we are moving our bodies. It needs to be something that is joyful, that is rooted in loving kindness, um, and that is sustainable because of those two things, right? Not something that is rooted in fear. And I think that is, you know, that's a whole other topic. Um, but, you know, having a better relationship with, with our fear and understanding of it, which comes from the sit practice, comes from your meditation practice, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, and, and leaning into that. I think that'll be part two on a future day. We can talk about that. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. If anyone wanted to find more information about, um, first off the maps Institute, but also maybe find finding something that helps them sit in silence, um, do you have any recommendations for that? Sure. So you can just go to the mapsinstitute.com 
Um, and you can also go to at maps, the journey, um, on Instagram, uh, but you can just type in the maps Institute. We are, the, you know, we're the only ones, we are not the uh, psychedelic organization. Um, they are just <laughs> maps. Um, we're the maps Institute. Uh, so, so you can certainly go and check, check that out on either the Instagram world or on, on the, uh, on the actual website, um, as far as you know, practical tools, um, you know we have we have a handful of programs, um, free programs. I feel very strongly about things being accessible. Um, specifically, you know, a lot of these gateway gateway educational tools I think are so important that they're free, um, so that we can help people actually help people. Um, you're welcome to sign up for the practice. It's free. You get meditations. You get breath practices. You get all sorts of science based articles. Um, lots of lots of really great stuff um and we have a whole bunch of programs coming out in the new year and if you are looking for something practical um actually this will probably have come out this will have come out after then but um if you are looking for um a another resource that you can that you can look at um we have on our website a five-hour workshop um, that is a recording from our live summit that happened on December 4th. Um, and you can check that out. It has a myriad of, of practical hands-on workshops. Um, and I think that it's really something special. I will put all of that too in the show notes of this episode as well. So if you're listening and you want those links, I'll put them in the show notes at ministrymonday.org. Laura, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, giving me a calm breath <laughs> and no. allowing us allowing us to kind of cultivate this safe space to talk about the 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 pres- self preservation we need as we hope to bring people a little bit of Christmas joy this month, um, but yeah. also keeping ourselves in mind too. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been such a pleasure and I'm so happy to be able to talk about these things. I think that we need to talk about them more. I agree entirely. Thanks so much to Laura for her time today. Here is the psalm upon which to reflect after hearing today's episode. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hearken from your throne upon the cherubim, shine forth. Rouse your power and come to save us. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see. Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. May your help be with the man of your right hand, with the Son of Man, whom you yourself made strong. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life, and we will call upon your name.
Thanks so much to Laura for her time today. For more information about Laura, the MAPS Institute, and to listen to the other episodes in our Advent series, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was produced by Oregon Catholic Press, and the recording of Gabriel's message was produced by GIA Publications. The theme music for today's episode was produced and written by Aaron Schaus, and today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thank you for listening. Have a great week, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll speak to you and see you in the new year. Most highly